Kopian joining us on the phone, as he does every Friday from the Boston Herald. He's their sports editor, formerly of the Losing Sun Journal, Justin Pelletier. And, Justin, how about those Boston Bruins? Nice win over Calgary last night, huh? Big win for them over Calgary. Big win over the Blackhawks in the Winter Classic on a big stage. Three in a row. And, uh, you know, don't look now. They're actually out of the wild card positions in the playoff positioning here at about the halfway point and into a third-place position in the division passing Buffalo with that win last night. That's a that's a big uh, big milestone for them, for uh, Bruce Cassidy and his cardiac kids there. Yeah, you know, they, they are really young, Justin, when you think about it. Oh, they're very young. And, and the, fact, the fact that they're continuing to be in solidly in playoff position with uh, the injuries that they've dealt with and with the uncertainty and the, and the lack of depth that they've dealt with, it really is a, a great job by the coaching staff to kind of piece this thing together and keep them where they're at, and now they're almost back to full strength, and you can start to see what's happening, and you're going to start to see the, you know, it's almost like that that, that Star Wars reference, right, where, um, you know, the Empire says, uh, uh, let's see how they deal with a now fully functioning Death Star that they're not <laughs> expecting, right? I mean, it's, it's the same kind of idea here, you know. They were kind of treading water, treading water. People still giving them still giving them crap here and there, and but all they're doing is, is maintaining their position. You're not going to catch Tampa. Um, period. Uh, unless Tampa goes through its own major swoon, they're they're just running away with everything on that on that side of things. And and Toronto's probably not going to fall off so much. So you're probably fighting for that number three spot uh, to stay out of the wild card round to avoid a top seed. And they're doing that right now. They're they're proving that they can. And the only missing major piece they have left is uh, uh, Charlie McAvoy, who uh, again is out. Uh, at the moment, but other than that, everybody's pretty much functioning on uh, on full full throttle here, and it's showing now at this point with three in a row again and, and a big big win on uh, on a big stage uh, at the Winter Classic. Yeah, Justin, you touched on the Winter Classic. I was curious. I mean, as a sports editor, you probably don't do much traveling, or do you get the chance to maybe go to the Winter Classic if you want to, perhaps? <laughs> well, I probably could have. I actually went this week, but it was not as in a, in an official capacity. Oh, okay. So I was there in the okay. Um, so That's even better. It, it was interesting to see it from that side of things. I was there um, as a fan also at Foxborough uh, when it was the Bruins Canadians mm. in Foxborough, and I was there to work uh, at Fenway uh, when it was the uh, the Bruins and the Flyers at Fenway. So I've been to three of them now. Um, it, it's really a, a spectacular event um, that the that the NHL puts on. They really do a, a good job. To, and the games, for the most part, the games have all been very entertaining which is a big part of it to the audience. How did the one at Notre Dame then compare to the other two you've been to? Um, well, it, truth, truth time, it was spectacular for everybody that didn't have to be there and wait in line. <laughs> okay. And, and, then, and, but, and that was different from the other two that I was at. So uh, it really seemed like the, the folks at Notre Dame, um, the facilities folks, struggled to accommodate a large hockey fan base. Mm. And what I mean by that is so at a college game uh, in football, you're expecting everybody to eat, drink, and be merry in the parking lot as tailgaters, right? right. And that's, just, that's the culture of college football. Um, hockey fans aren't the same. Hockey fans aren't necessarily tailgaters because typically hockey fans don't tailgate. That's not the culture of, of the hockey fan. And so while there was some tailgating going on in the parking lot, uh, a good, good amount, but not nearly what it would have been for a college football game. So now you've got 76,000 or whatever the number was, people going into the building expecting to spend money on food and drink, much more 
than the typical 70000 going into a college football game expecting to spend money on food and drink because they've already imbibed all that stuff in the parking lot. Whereas the hockey fan wanted to do it in the stadium a lot more, I think, than they were prepared for. So the lines to get anything, whether it was merchandise or food or drink, they ran out of beer in some spots. Mm. They ran out of food in some spots. Um, it was just it was really tough uh, for them to keep up with the demand. I just think they underestimated the demand. Sure. As far as the game was concerned, the pageantry, the 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 you know the everything that was produced about the game itself was fantastic. The venue was fantastic. It was clean. The bathrooms were heated. They did everything right except stock up enough. Wow. I think for people. So, like I said, on, on a scale of one to ten, I, I still give it a seven and a half, eight. And the only reason I dock any points at all is because of that. Uh, the, the issue with logistics, but beyond that, it was such a great experience. You know, the uh, from from the Notre Dame fight song introducing the, the players. They actually had a a uh, an orchestra, a live orchestra playing the Notre Dame fight song as the players oh. entered the stadium oh, and yeah. came onto the ice. They made the walk from touchdown. Jesus, I mean, it was perfect. It was such a well done thing by the NHL uh, all around. Like I said, eight out of ten is, is nothing to shake a stick at. Actually, I think the only thing that docked this point. Uh, is because of the, the lines that just everybody had to deal with uh, in, inside the facility. Justin, did you get a chance to walk around the campus at all or just go to the stadium? Very, very little. Uh, we did. So the group I was with, we also went to the Notre Dame versus Boston College college hockey game the night before on oh, New yeah. Year's Eve. Um, that was at 5 o'clock on New Year's Eve. And uh, we went to that arena. What a phenomenal facility. Easily in the top three college hockey facilities I've ever seen. And really? I've one of them over the years. Uh, it is just absolutely gorgeous. It's not uh, that old. Um, it's a relatively new uh, facility, and it, it's just it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, if, if anybody wants to, to go creep my Facebook, I'm sure there's a, there's a photo there somewhere. <laughs> I'm wondering, uh, were there any nerd? That, oh, go ahead. Yep. No, of, of that stadium. It's just you know, of that uh, ice arena. The Compton Family Ice Arena is just a phenomenal facility. And actually, we also got a chance to go into the field house, the Joyce Center, um, on the way out of town. I always kind of stopped in and poke our head in, and uh, we interrupted a, a University of Notre Dame women's uh, nationally ranked women's basketball team practice, and they uh, they asked us to leave very nicely. They were understanding because the doors were unlocked. <laughs> we just happened to stumble in, but they were having a closed practice. Uh, but uh, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to be uh, to be asked to leave practice by an all American uh, <laughs> uh, all American basketball player. <laughs> but uh, you know it's. You know, there's obviously no malicious intent or anything, and all the doors were unlocked. But yeah. so we got to see all three of the major facilities there, and they're all just absolutely gorgeous. Wow. I'm getting a little uncomfortable how much we're promoting Notre Dame on this broadcast right now, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, were there any Notre Dame alums involved in this game, either on the Blackhawks or the Bruins? Anyone know? I don't. I don't. I. I have no idea. Uh, well, the, the only uh, ice hockey player uh, that played at Notre yeah. Dame that was uh, could have been in the game was Anders Bjork, uh, who. Uh, plays for the Bruins, but he was still in Providence. He had not been called up. Oh, okay. He started the season with the Bruins, of course, uh, but uh, was sent down, and uh, he's still biding his time down in Providence uh, with the P. Bruins, and so he was not called up for the game, so he was the only one. Uh, there was some uh, some cool flavor uh, of Notre Dame football greats uh, were out there to uh, to drop the puck and watching uh, uh, the, the game from a, from a nice, cushy press box. Uh, so that was kind of nice to see. They had a lot of uh, former uh, Notre Dame football players uh, at the game as part of their publicity as well. And of course, NBC and Notre Dame have that broadcast agreement, right? So, right. Uh, and, and they, they uh, talked to me. So there was a lot of crossover there for that reason uh, because of the uh, the, the, uh, 
the Notre Dame and, and NBC uh, affiliation. So that that's pretty well for everybody. Definitely sounds like I need to make it to a Winter Classic at some yeah, point. Yeah, really. Uh, I've, I've been to Notre Dame Stadium, not for hockey. So that's definitely uh, definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, what else you got going on? Next, one, oh. Oh, next one's in Dallas. So you got a, you got a shot at Dallas if you want. They're going to play it at the Cotton Bowl next year. Oh, I've been to the Cotton Bowl also. I don't need to go back. <laughs> um, <laughs> not the very comfortable. Around that, the intrigue around that one is who's Dallas going to host? Who's they going to play? They haven't announced that yet. Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, what else do you got going on with the Boston Herald right now? I saw some ar- articles on Gordon Hayward, and it looks like he's uh, uh, making the, uh, his return uh, felt, I guess, <laughs> finally, right? Well, you know, it's one of those things with him is, is he came for, he went, you know, he looked like the lowest of the lows one night where he got zero points, and then he comes back and he's in the, in the high 30s the next night. So, um, and, and that's to be expected. You know, they, they were mentioning on the radio uh, this morning one of, the, one of the plays in the previous game where he got, uh, the thirty, was it thirty-seven? I think he scored in the last game. Um, one of the big plays in that game was the exact play on which he got hurt last year. Um, mm. And for him to, to be able to, to run that play is another step in that in that progression. Um, I really do believe they need. They, they're still there's still something missing, right? I just I really believe there's still something missing uh, on that team. I just I can't quite put my finger on it, but there is to me there's there's something that needs to happen. Uh, to, to fix going forward, and I just can't quite put my finger on it. But we'll see. I mean, they're coming up now on a stretch uh, coming up. There's a there's a real good stretch for them where they're going to be um, playing teams that they should beat, um, and they're playing a lot of them at home. And so, really, if if battle off, I mean, you, you're going to know something's really really wrong if they don't have a uh, like an I, I would say probably an eight and two. Uh, eight and three, uh, nine and two, nine and three kind of stretch here coming up over the next ten, twelve. Uh, that's really what you need to see if, if they can do that against these the lesser teams. And and I know it's the NBA, and I know not every team is is you know, uh, and not every team is is going to beat the teams they're supposed to beat every night. But in reality, this Celtics team should beat the Brooklyn and the Orlando's. Uh, that's really the kind of team they should beat. And given that, this is the kind of team, uh, those are the kind of teams that they're playing coming up. They should have a good, solid record coming. If they don't, if they come out of this next, you know, 10-game stretch at 500 or worse, then you're really concerned about this team. You feeling good about the Patriots uh, with their bye they they earned and uh, get to sit back and watch the rest of the NFL this weekend, huh? <laughs> well, the, the Patriots, I'll tell you what, the Patriots are all, first of all, we know the track record against the, uh, after a bye. We know that they're always good after yes. a bye, right? That's, yeah. That's like, that's the thing that they have going. Um, on top of that, they're going to be at home no matter who they play. 8-0 at home, only team in the league that was 8-0 at home this year. Mm. So from, from, from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, just from a statistical standpoint, um, it really looks like Tom, and then from, a, from an eye test standpoint, Tom Brady looked a lot more like Tom Brady in his last game. Yes, I know it was the Jets, but you look beyond the stats of Tom Brady and look how he moved in the pocket, how he stepped into his throws. Uh, how he was given time to do so, how Rob Gronkowski looked the most Gronk-like of any game this season in that game in terms of mobility, in terms of pass catching, and not wincing every time he got up off the turf. Uh, I just think there are things happening with the Patriots right now that show a lot of positive signs. And as much as we've been on the case all season long, they don't look right, they don't look this, they don't look that, it would not shock me. It would be mildly surprising, but it would not be a shock to me 
for this team to end up back in the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I, I got a third that one. I, yeah, I agree as well. <laughs> Just because, like, it seems like Gr- grudgingly, Mister Seattle. I, grudgingly. Well, I mean, well, I, I would love a Patriots Seahawks rematch. Oh yeah, that would be good, <laughs> wouldn't it? But, uh, you know, but you know, as, as well as they're playing right now, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I'll tell you what: Seattle and Philly right now are two teams I would not want to play, even if I'm Drew Brees in the high power Saints or Jared Goff in the high power Rams, because they are just clicking, right? Yeah. They're just there. They're, 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 and, and you know, the Eagles are. We've been there. We've done this, right? Let's let's go do it again. And the Seahawks are. We've been there. We've done this. Let's go do it again, right? You talk about good home records, though. The Seahawks are up against the Cowboys, seven and one at home, and the Eagles are up against the Bears, also seven and one at home. So those um, they're dangerous, and those should be really great, great games. I I don't know about you, but this wild card weekend, I mean, you look at the the gambling lines, if you will, on these games, they're all really close. I mean, the biggest one is Chicago minus six point five, uh, but the others are all within a field goal. I mean, this is going to be a great weekend of football. Yeah. I think. I think so too, and, and yeah. a great. I, I I saw a great point. Uh, I read a great point yesterday, and I forget who wrote it. So forgive me uh, for for not knowing the source on this. But um, San Diego, uh, excuse me, Baltimore against San Diego. Baltimore uh, has not since they changed their offense. They haven't they haven't faced a repeat opponent, right? They haven't faced someone who's figured out their triple option Navy style uh, Lamar Jackson led offense. While they're facing San Diego, this is the first time they're going to face a team that's already seen the Lamar Jackson offense. Mm. And to me, it'll be very interesting to see how that defensive front looks against that offense the second time they see it. Because it was a novelty the first time they saw it, right? And so now it's not a novelty anymore. So I wouldn't be surprised if if San Diego comes out of a winner. I wouldn't be surprised to see three, maybe even four road teams win. Uh, in, in this in these matchups, it would not surprise me whatsoever. Um, there there's many good streaking teams in those lower seeds, right? And of course, San Diego, which shouldn't be a lower seed, but is because of Kansas City. And and yeah, and, right. and the poor Chargers. Um, I mean, they're they're seven and one on the road because they have no home field advantage in their uh, <laughs> yeah, right. their dinky little stadium now. Um, <laughs> that's right. supposed to be for soccer in Los Angeles. I mean. I, that's a whole other issue, but um, <laughs> but Justin, I know you. Yeah, they'll get it. They're, they're getting there. Yeah, they're getting there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're gonna get. They are gonna get a stadium at some point. I think they're sharing with the Rams. I think eventually, but right. Uh, that's a interesting situation. I know you keep tabs on uh, high school hockey up here in Maine. Um, we've been doing a number of games this year, and uh, Lewiston. They lost a lot of guys, but they're still doing Lewiston things. They're five and zero. Bangor looks really good. I've only seen Bangor once, and that's when they beat Edward Little. Or probably they beat um, St. Dom's actually fairly handily in the game I saw them, but they're both five and zero. I don't know your thoughts on the uh, hockey situation here. What, what you've been tracking uh, from your from your spot there in Boston? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what uh, the, the high school hockey landscape in, in Maine is is right now. I, I know Lewis is five and zero, but they're and I'm not saying they're not. I, I still think until someone knocks them off, to me they're the favorite yeah. to win, and, and there's no question. Uh, there are a couple of teams in the South that have a shot at them as well. Uh, Thornton's not terrible. Uh, Scarborough's not terrible. Falmouth probably has another really good shot. They're, they're loaded, Falmouth, from the from the bottom. Uh, I think they're two years away from being a really, really, really good team. Um, and, and out of the South, uh, there are a lot of young players on that roster in Falmouth this year. Um, but from a, from a Lewiston area standpoint, 
Uh, Lewis and still a team to beat unless proven otherwise. St. Dom's obviously proved that they can hang with them, right? Uh, in a 3 2 thriller. Yes. Well, yes. Um, uh, Bangor's uh, running through things. And I remember we talked about, uh, and I'm sure they didn't disappoint when we talked about the fact that they have tall, uh, lanky, uh, strong shooters. Uh, that, that's what Bangor's always been known for. I'm sure that's what they're winning with this year. Uh, it's tough to gauge Bangor because of the open scheduling. They play a lot of teams north that uh, aren't necessarily. Uh, they do come south quite a bit for some of their A games, but they also uh, play so many games in anonymity away from the southern main media and away from the southern main view. So it's hard to gauge them. Right. Um, but Lewiston, as far as reloading, you're seeing the last edge of uh, the big maniac push that they got from the maniac being in town and everybody uh, wanting to better themselves in a hockey sense uh, that in that way. And you're seeing that the continuation of that over the last few years. St. Dom is benefiting from that, of course, as well. And Edward Little uh, coming back to, uh, to, to, to relevance in, in, in the top four uh, after they dipped uh, down a little bit. But I still think it's Lewiston's to lose. I do. Uh, everybody else is a little closer to Lewiston than they have been in the past. Uh, I don't think Lewiston is. I mean, clearly, the first one on this run of, of the run of three that they just went on, they were clearly firing away the dominant team. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no one could touch them. They lost only a little bit the following year, and again, they were the, the team. Last year was probably the best coaching job and the best camaraderie teamwork team out of the three because they had to be to, to work together to win a championship. And if they go again and win this year, that's just a testament to the, to the system that they've established because they're not doing it with the best top players in the league necessarily. They're doing it with the best team in the league. And, and that's going to be a testament to that to that program if they're able to pull a fourth off this year. Yeah, you mentioned it's tough to gauge Bangor. They're they're five and zero right now. Looking at the results, I mentioned they beat St. Dom's three nothing. That's their closest game they've played. <laughs> they beat Brewer right. by five. They beat Handen by six. They beat Falmouth by four. They beat Mount Ararat, Lisbon, Morris Hyde by six. So Bangor's just been rolling right now. I, I can't wait till they and Lewiston square off. That'll be really fun, I think. So yeah, it's, it's you know the, the win over Falmouth is telling because that's a team that again later in the Falmouth's one of those teams that's going to be better later in the season just because they're so young mm. overall. Yeah. Uh, but the Mount Ararat, uh, with respect to with, with all due respect to some of these teams, you know the, the quality wins are, are more uh, relevant, and that's the St. Dom's win. Uh, yeah. and the Falmouth win uh, compared to the, uh, to the others, and those are the ones you're measuring. And so um, they handled St. Dom's apparently more easily than Lewiston did. So uh, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing, because the rivalry <laughs> between Lewiston and St. Dom's uh, is such that uh, uh, that's always going to be a close game, even when one team is, is far greater than the other. Yeah. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting. When is that matchup? Do you know offhand? Oh uh, yeah, I have the schedule right in front of me. So the first one, unfortunately, is at Bangor, so we won't be on the call of that one. But Lucian's playing at Bangor on January sixteenth. Maybe we can talk him into a road okay, trip. That's coming, that's coming right up, and that's a, a nice Saturday. Yeah, up uh, uh, to Sawyer. Okay, and then I know uh, that's uh, that must be a tough stretch for Lucian then, because I know they have uh, Bangor there. I'm sure they have another return engagement pretty soon after that. And then also, of course, you've got the. Uh, uh, St. Dom's game, which is uh, only a week later, I believe, after that. So um, it should be that should be a nice stretch for, for Lewiston to really see what they're made of at that point. Yeah, the 16th you have the Bangor, and then you're they're at Edward Little on the 23rd, hosting St. Dom's on the 26th. Yeah, right. Yep, and then exactly. later in the year on February 9th, finally, Bangor will play at Lewiston at the Coliseum on February 9th. So 
That'll yeah. be the other regular season matchup. The, Col- the Coliseum has always been a house of horrors for Bangor for whatever <laughs> reason. They just have a hard time winning there uh, over the years. Uh, most of the time that they're playing in there, of course, is playoffs, which only exacerbates that issue. But uh, right. uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do and come down. And, and you know, great. It's better for hockey when there's more than one team blowing through things, and and you like to see that. So, um, and it, and it makes the winning that much more sweet, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. So. Yeah, I'm excited. This is a this is a fun hockey season already. St. Don's looks really good. Everlow's lost three in a row, but they looked improved over their previous game when they played Lewiston. So we'll see how they end up, uh, you know, turning out as well. So yeah, it should be very exciting. Um, Justin, what else we got uh, planned for the Boston Herald this week that we people should check out and everything? Well, the biggest thing we've got coming now is uh, so every week during the Patriots season we do a report card of how they did, uh, how they did during the season in terms of uh, or during the game and we grade you know the, we grade Tom Brady we grade the running backs we grade everybody saw Patriots report card uh, on Sunday our final end of year regular season report card comes out from Kevin Duffy uh, he gives me kind of a, a look at how everybody did from the tight end to the running backs to the defensive backs to the, to the lines uh, he's going to break all that down so that'll be in Sunday's Herald and online uh, either late Saturday or early Sunday as well so we've got that going we've got our our requisite uh, look around the league of each of the major pro leagues. Uh, we've got a, a, an AL East preview oh. from uh, our Red Sox folks. They're looking at uh, in the new year, do we have a new AL East? What does the AL East landscape look like now that uh, some teams have retooled a little bit? Uh, the Rays have added a little bit. The Yankees obviously retooled their pitching staff. The Red Sox didn't. And so what what does that look like overall uh, so we've got that coming on Sunday as well. So we've got, we've got a pretty packed edition for Sunday. And, of course, we have four pages of prep coverage as well as the uh, winter season down here is in full swing, of course, as well with our hockey and wrestling and basketball notebooks and some live game coverage on Saturday as well. So busy packed weekend for us here at the Herald. Awesome. He's Justin Pelletier, sports editor at the Boston Herald, formerly of the Lewis and Sun Journal. Follow him on Twitter at jpel915. Justin, thanks so much, and have a great weekend. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Take care, Justin.